FMX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weege revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liat Re-Raceables podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for subscribing and all of that. Of course, we just came off the uh, James Stewart talking about that 2008 season where he went undefeated. Really appreciate Stu coming on and talking about that. This one, we are going back to the well from Mike Krodowski. He was involved in another epic race uh, just one year after the 1989 uh, race that we covered a few weeks ago. We are talking 1990 Unadilla now as well, where he absolutely uh, uh, loses the championship. The last one we did with Mike, he won it. This one. Didn't go quite as well, but thank you for listening. Thanks to the folks at Liat. Of course, you know the Moto Concepts guys are rocking that. And Oldenburg and Freeze had some really good results wearing Liat. And uh, different people ride for different reasons, yet there's a common denominator that binds everyone who puts their body on the line. For the sheer enjoyment of it, that's what Liat offers as a brand. They make protective wear, helmets, goggles, riding gear, knee braces, boots, neck braces. They cover, mo- they cover riders head-to-toe in moto and mountain bike. But what Liat really stands for is a promise of things to come. They are in the business of making sure that you have the confidence and equipment to push yourself faster, harder, and further than you ever can go. Visit them at liat.com. Best part of this whole deal is that if you email us using the contact form on Pulp, we have a discount code to shop at liat.com and uh, and then supporting the podcast. So, yeah, yeah, if you want a discount code, email us using the contact form on pulpamex.com, and we will get you a discount code. Thank you to the folks at Guts Racing, Scott Goggles, Pro Taper and Maxis all on board with us. The guys at Scott, of course, many of these re raceables podcasts have included Scott Goggles with uh, the riders involved, including Mike Krodowski, the one uh, that's on today. Scott, the only goggle made in the USA. They have been providing the best in the goggle technology to all motorsports disciplines for over 50 years. Jason Anderson, yeah, Scott guy. Pro Circuit, Scott guys. Caleb Russell, Chad Ween, and Walker Fowler, Scott guys. They choose the quality product and support from Scott. And uh, so thanks to those guys for coming on board. Maxis, Pro Taper, Guts Racing, we'll tell you about later on in the show. But uh, with me to discuss Unadilla 90, Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah, we're back. Good. This is a good race. Okay. Another good yeah, race. Good. Yep. Well, it's just uh, kind of like that 89 uh, show. This is uh, about the entire season uh, as much as it is about one particular race. Um, I mean, look, Kudrowski won the 89 title by three points and lost the 90 title by one back-to-back nail-biter seasons. And not just like uh, somebody had a big points lead and someone else closed it in. Like the points lead was changing hands and like up and down drama throughout both seasons. It's crazy actually how crazy those two years are when you look back and how much was going on and guys coming in and out of the series and injuries. And- it, it really and- is. So imagine, you know, you're Mike Krodowski. You win the 89-125 national championship in a very unexpected uh, 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 win, but you win it, and you're on factory Honda, and as he told us, he had a pro circuit cylinder, right? It wasn't a true factory bike. Yep. So imagine you've got the number one plate, you're all lined up, and then they drop John michelle Bale into your class. 
basically being like, yeah, here's, you know, Bale is going to ride the 125s. Uh, and we all know Bale had moonlighted over and over. So uh, Bale drops into the 125 national class. And then you have, as we'll cover, Suzuki drops their guys down in the second half of the year. And and you add all of this in and some Honda politics. And you might, yeah, Mike Kudowski caught in the middle of this. Yes, this is an angry Kudowski episode. You will see. There is, there is some real anger still. Uh, 30-some-odd years later with Honda and the politics that he was dealing with, even though he had the number one plate. So that's pretty wild. And uh, also, in addition, you have Guy Cooper, who had been a Honda rider for a long time, from privateer days, then got the factory ride, came up short of the title in 89, and then gets dropped. So he goes to Suzuki, and it's like it's been Guy Cooper's life mission to win this title. He never won a Supercross race. was definitely not, I don't think, considered a Supercross title contender. Um, and really, for most of his career, only raced a 125 outdoors. This was Guy Cooper's bread and butter right here. To someday get this title. But now he's going to have to do it on a Suzuki, uh, which you would think would put him at a huge, huge disadvantage compared to Honda. But that's what leads to this being such a wildly dramatic uh, 1990 season. And also, Kurowski, great guy, nice guy, but quiet, reserved. Guy Cooper, definitely one of the more popular riders, a Chad Reed-esque type of uh, rider. I can remember being at, at many races where fans were freaking out about Guy Cooper. He was from Oklahoma. He's a longtime privateer, like you mentioned. You know? Uh, so and he's spectacular. A, like, yeah. as spectacular. You know what's funny? He was as spectacular as Kudrowski was not, right? Like, Kudrowski was just efficient, workhorse guy, and Cooper was, hold my beer, watch this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, so it's an exciting year. And as you said, like, 125 national title was Guy Cooper's lifelong dream for sure. And and for, people forget we did that 89 Lee at Re-Raceables. Coming into the final moto, Bradshaw goes 1-1 to finish second overall behind Kurdowski. But coming into that final race, Guy Cooper was second. He was Kurdowski's main guy for the points. He has a terrible day at Unadilla 89 and drops yep. to third in the points. But... Really, it was Cooper who was second. You know, a few points back at Kurdowski, just a terrible day. Bradshaw goes 1-1, and you look at the points now, and you're like, oh, well, Damon Bradshaw pressured Mike Kurdowski the whole way. But actually, Guy Cooper, you know, just had a bad race. Yeah, yeah, that 89 season was wild. Uh, we re- reviewed that on our last show. The defending champ was George Holland. He was actually kind of marching away with it, then he got hurt and then just retired. It was done. Uh, and then Kudrowski gets better. Bradshaw blows a ton of points at a ton of races. Cooper gets better as the year goes on. And then, yeah, it's like a smash up between the three of them at the end, especially with Cooper and Bradshaw being two of the most explosive riders ever. Uh, so that's wild. Then we go to 90. Oh, oh, by the way, I have one other follow up. I have a follow up piece of information on that 89 show, which mm-hmm. hopefully you folks listen to. Yeah. Um, no way. No, that ties into Kudrowski's story here. This ties into this show. I will not I will not give it away until after the Kudrowski interview. OK. All right. Um, sounds good. Uh, so, uh, but the real point is that they bring Bale in, and as you can see, apparently Bale is getting much more help from the factory than Kudrowski is, even though Kudrowski is the champ. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it's crazy um, to think like that. But I, I've talked about this in many shows between Stanton and Bale and Kudrowski and the mechanics. Team Honda was a uh, uh, and DeCoster who loved Bale and Dave Arnold who had to balance everybody out. Honda was just. Um, you know, a potpourri of anger and emotions <laughs> during this time. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, well, Dave Arnold, the team manager, I think has said on podcasts with both of us 
that he thinks that's part of the reason that a lot of those guys ended up retiring so early. You know, specifically Bale, Stanton, Bradshaw, they were all gone way ahead of when they should have been, partially because it was just so, like, it was two, three years of just crazy drama. Yeah. And he thinks that just killed everyone's enthusiasm and burned everybody out. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely I could see that. It, the, the mechanics didn't like each other. They all pitted separately. Cliff White, who's yep. a very, very smart guy, was Bale's mechanic. He's doing things to Bale's motor uh, that, that Kudowski's mechanic cannot, and Kudowski will talk about how they got rid of his mechanic, Shane Nally, from 89, and gave him yep. another mechanic, which you know kind of was another sort of kick in the nuts, like who gets rid of a mechanic after he wins a national championship? Well, Honda does, you know, yep. and, and so – JMB has a 14-point lead on Guy Cooper going into Washougal, going into like the fifth last round or something, or fourth last round. So Bale has been the best guy, probably going to win this title, breaks his arm in Washougal in the whoops, uh, and that's it. Yeah. And then, I'm glad you mentioned it was a 14-point lead, though, because I think history makes it sound like he had a 114-point lead. <laughs> right, right. Like, Cooper was hauling ass. I mean, we know JMB. He's one of the all-time greats. And then he's the 250 world champ being put on this practically unbeatable CR125. So he should have a 100-some point lead. But Cooper is legit on this Suzuki. Like, Cooper is giving him hell week in and week out. The fact that he even kept it within 14 points, I feel, was like a massive accomplishment back then. Uh, and then Bell gets hurt. And then I believe Kudrowski was struggling big time. So Cooper has handed a giant points lead over Kudrowski and the now hurt Bale. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Um, yeah, interesting to to hear uh, Mike, and you're going to hear Mike talk about the, the what happened. I guess we could talk a little bit about this on this lead at Re-Raceables as yep. well. So yep. Bale goes down, and Honda's now like, oh, there goes our title guy. Let's give Mike Kurdowski John Michelle Bale's motor. Yeah. And, you know, I was on a number of factory teams where, you know, riders didn't get separate things, but this was not – Honda in 1990, uh, they give Bale, uh, uh, they give Kudowski Bale setup, and Kudowski goes on a tear. He is the number one rider, but he has a slower bike than his teammate, and that's more due to Cliff White than Honda Corporation. But you know, Cliff is doing things to the back, to the motor, to the cylinder back in the box van because he's smart enough to do that. And Ron Wood, Kudowski's guy, guy doesn't even know that. And Kudowski goes three one 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 two to end the year after he gets JMB's motor. <laughs> That's great. Yes, yes. Now, I know people use this against us because we've laughed off some theories that teams, you know, purposely screw over riders or don't give all the riders the same treatment, you know, most famously with the theory that Cowie was sabotaging Tomac last year. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Then can, which means you have to conveniently ignore the last episode of the show where things were super bad between Cowie and James Stewart, and the end, he went 24-0. I don't think they were sabotaging him on the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is a weird example of, yes, I guess we can say, we cannot say that never happens. But for Kudrowski, he's just pretty much saying Honda is showing favoritism. But we've talked to other people on the other side of this, and it's like a lot of it was, I guess you can't help the fact that one mechanic, and back then it was different, Steve, as you know, the mechanics had a much larger role in the performance of their rider's bike than now. Now they're just, here's the motor, put it in. Back then, the mechanic kind of was the engine guy. Yeah, so, def- definitely. Yeah, no, I yeah, remember. Uh, White was the best mechanic, probably, for, at least from a technical standpoint, in mm-hmm. the game. So Bale had him. Yeah. And I helped. And uh, can, former uh, fellow Canadian, uh, Marshall Plum, was Guy Cooper's mechanic. 
uh, back yep. then. And uh, Marshall had a great career working for Rollerball and then Guy Cooper. And he went to Swink. Uh, and he's still at the races working for Dunlop. Um, and he's got some cool stories as well from this time. But, yeah, definitely Bale goes down. Bale's the favorite. He goes down. Kudrowski gets that motor, goes on a tear. And there's another factor in here, Wygant. So I don't know if you're aware of this, but Suzuki around this time did not make a 500cc motorcycle. Yes, I'm aware. Uh, they dropped out of the class. Uh, hey, has anyone ever discussed the fact that Suzuki stopped making an RM500 and then like three years later they come out with a Suzuki 500 quad racer with an all-new liquid-cooled power-valved 500 engine? No, I, I, only you would know that. I, I did Isn't not. that the weirdest thing? Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah, dude. Even you know the the CR five hundred, the last most modern CR five hundred there was. It didn't even have a power valve, right? No, it did not. No, that's why the Cowie one did, and it was better. Yeah. Yeah. So Suzuki leaves the five hundred class behind, stops making RM five hundred, but then goes out and develops the most state of the art five hundred two stroke motor you could make at the time, but only puts it in a quad. Around so, around this yeah. time, Rollerball is riding a <coughs> RM two fifty. With a CR500 motor wedged into it, just to what? Yes, yeah, because he's rollerball and he's got to keep riding 500s, uh, and that's what he does. And that's I, I guess the factory guys didn't want to do that, which I do not blame them. The twitchiest, most uh, uh, lightweight chassis RM250 around this era. Yes, dropping a CR500 motor into it does not sound like fun. Because he had a Suzuki deal. Yeah, yeah, he was Suzuki rider. Yeah, and, and, and unbelievable. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Right, so. The Nationals were six and six, six rounds of one twenty-five or six rounds of two fifty and one twenty-fives. Then six rounds of two fifties, uh, sorry, five hundreds and one twenty-fives. So essentially, one twenty-five series, twelve races, two fifty-six races, five hundred six races. And if you didn't make a five hundred like Yamaha around this time or like uh, uh, Suzuki, you were out of luck. So Yamaha kind of did a, a little weirdo thing. They they put their guys on three sixties. For a while, uh, a YZ250 chassis with a 360 motor, and Dubok actually did pretty well on it. Some Kalos did pretty well on it. Then, like we covered with Brock Glover's Lee at Reraceables, Stanton showed up, Brock stayed home. Uh, and then at some point, they just put Bradshaw in the 125 class in 92 or 93. That went terribly. Other years, they just yeah, sat out. And 93, yeah. yeah, they just yeah. sat out totally. They just sat their guys out totally. But Suzuki, I mean, Mike LaRocco, Larry Ward, Tishner. All very good 250 riders, you know, top 10 250 guys indoors and out. Uh, all grabbed RM125s and went to go help their buddy Guy Cooper out. Yeah, I mean, this was what Suzuki would do all along. They didn't have a 500, so the guys were going to move into the class. And then this year it just so happens that the one full-time 125 guy is good enough to win the title. So now this is working out beautifully. Suzuki's plan of... Well, you guys got to drop down to 125s. We don't have a 500 feet of race in these last six rounds. Really comes together brilliantly. And the crazy thing to me is that, hey, you know, we can even talk about this for Motocross of Nations this year. It's not like, well, LaRocco and Ward are racing RM250s. It's going to take them a while to, to adjust. Uh, they're immediately up front. Yeah. Like immediately yeah. as good as any 125 rider from the day they jump in. Yep. LaRocco uh, goes on. Uh, LaRocco was probably the best of the guys. I'm yeah. just going to pull up his uh, his vault here, um, but I believe and and I was I went to Millville around this time. I raced Millville around this time. Um, those guys were always up front. It seemed like uh, they were good starters. Um, let me pull up. Well, uh, I I don't know about Larocco, but the bottom line is they ran. They were right there. 
Kudrowski yeah, so, and, if, if and Cooper were the two best guys in the class, LaRocco was very much was he, every much their equal. He goes two one five two three three. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there you so go. he he basically gets uh, five podiums in six races in the one twenty fives when he drops down. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, he's I'm sure being told don't beat Cooper. So yeah. He's getting those results while not being able to beat one of the guys in the races. Yeah, you talked to Larry Warren, and I did around this time, and he told me they were pulling over for him left and right. Uh, other guys have kind of verified that. Uh, I don't see any direct quotes in uh, in Cycle News about that. I swore I read it somewhere about them doing it. But LaRocco and Larry Ward have not been shy about, like, yeah, yeah, we, just, we were moving over for Guy Cooper. And as a matter of fact, at this last round at Unadilla, for this lead at Reraceables, with the title on the line, Kordowski goes into it leading by one point over Guy Cooper. LaRocco lines up next to him on the starting line, and Kordowski said LaRocco came right over on him, and he was buried off the start, and he worked his way up to third, but he was way back. Cooper won. So you combine pulling over for Cooper, or not making his life hard, let's say that, maybe not say pulling over, but not making Guy Cooper's life very hard, and you combine LaRocco moving over onto... um, onto uh, 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 Kudrowski, and you could make a case that, you know, like Suzuki definitely affected this title chase. Yeah, and that's why when people lose their minds over Marvin Muskan moving over for Dunge, it's, it's been done before. It's been done before, yeah. Um, and it's hard to say, you know, yeah, we're just following these races in cycle news at the time. They were not on TV. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely seeing these results, but it's hard to say, like, was where there are some races where Cooper just caught them and got them. Maybe he did. Yep. Maybe they didn't know yep. he slow down and move over. But I know at this one, uh, so it comes down to the final motor. Now, now Cooper has taken the points lead back uh, from Kudrowski. But in that one, both Ward and LaRocco have their issues, maybe. Or they just said they have issues. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Buell at the final round admitted that he was all over the track trying to hold off Kudrowski. <laughs> He said that. <laughs> two laps to go. LaRocco gets a flat. Uh, he's leading. LaRocco gets a flat. Two laps to go. And uh, uh, Cooper gets him. Um, again, who knows, right? Nobody was Kit going and investigating the flat tire. Who knows? Maybe, flat tire, yeah. Yeah, who yep. knows? Maybe it wasn't. Whatever Whatever it is. Uh, and Guy Cooper wins the championship by going 1-2 uh, to Kardowski's 3-1. And and that's it. Guy Cooper wins the championship, and it's you know it's that close after twelve rounds. So, Larocco leads until two laps to go. Gets a flat. Cooper gets him, but he does hold off. Oh no, Kudrowski wins that second. Motor, yeah, Kudrowski. Right? Kudrowski. So they would go into it one up by Kudrowski, uh, and then uh, Cooper gained five points, so he's four up going into the last moto, and so um, four up. That puts it, Kardowski is the champion because Larocco's in second. Yeah. So two so laps to go that... is when this title swings. Yeah, yeah. It, we would have needed to investigate that flat. And I also feel like it was this weekend or one of the weekends where Larry Ward was up there, Cooper's teammate. I think he said his bars were loose and they were, like, you know, falling down toward the gas tank. And that's why he started slowing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and another interesting thing about this, I don't know if you can find – <clears throat> the points after uh, after Washugal when when Bale goes out. Like I say, Cooper has a giant points lead over Kudrowski. But he starts having terrible races at the same time that uh, Kudrowski gets the better motor and starts coming on strong. I'm going to give you his results. He went 
Uh, he he wins Washougal. He takes over the points lead, and then and then he goes nine eight six, and that's and then Kudrowski wins, like you said, and makes up a ton of points. Now the magazines back in the day just said Cooper was choking once he had a giant points lead. I have no idea if that's the case, but uh, that's what led to it being so close. It was a miraculous Kudrowski comeback. Kudra- oh my. Yeah, how big a points lead did Cooper 61, have? With 61 points. He had a 61-point lead, and then he goes into the final round behind on points. <laughs> I didn't think it would be that big. Yes, after Washougal, 61 points. So so if we were doing television going into Unadilla, we'd be like, over the last four <laughs> rounds, Mike Kudrowski has made up 65 points. Yeah, wow. <laughs> to Jeez. take over the series lead. Yeah. Yeah, and Cooper's just yeah. crashing and like just doing everything that. Got, I think one of the races is Reed's broke, uh, but yeah, yeah, crazy. Nine eight six two to le- hand over a sixty one point lead and be behind going in the last race. Wow, yeah, crazy, nice. And so, I'm telling you, these two seasons are nuts. Yeah, they really are, right? And and and, I, and you could that makes that makes Kardowski's interview a little uh, make a little more sense. Uh, and let's let's get to that, shall we? On the uh, Lee at Reracables, sure. but first up. Thank you to the folks at Pro Taper. You know uh, the Star Yamaha guys use Pro Taper bars, and of course the uh, Rockstar Energy Husqvarna guys Pro Taper chains, sprockets, and bars. They first patented that crossbar, crossbarless bar, way back in the '90s with Damon Bradshaw, who has been on the Liet Reracables. And uh, yeah, really thanks for those guys. ProTaper.com, uh, quality products. The Sella Start device. You don't even need to anybody. You don't even need your buddy to help you. You can do it yourself on the bike. Thank you to the folks at ProTaper and Maxxis Tires, of course. A-Ray, Cade, Jeremy McGrath, they're all Maxxis athletes. Great tires, uh, light truck tires, trailer tires, and mountain bike tires. I run the Minions on my intense tasers. Love those things as well. Maxxis.com for more information on that. Thank you to those guys. And, of course, uh, Scott Goggles, Guts Racing, and Liat. Use the email uh, on the contact form. On PulpMX.com to email us to give you a code to save money with Liat.com. Whether it is the uh, uh, the boots that Chris Kiefer developed, they, they have 5.5 flex lock boots, 6.5 velocity goggles, the 9.5 helmet as well. Uh, yeah, really good stuff for the folks at Liat. They've uh, done a lot over the years and they look really good. So if you want to check them out, thanks to those guys for supporting this podcast. Appreciate that. Uh, Weed, shall we get to uh, Mike Krodowski and the things that he has to say? I feel like we've. We've fleshed this out enough. Bale, small points lead, crashes, gets hurt. Cooper, huge points lead, coughs all of it up. Kudrowski gets the good motor at the right time, comes into the final race with the points lead, gets blocked by Larocco in the first moto at the start. Cooper gets points lead back. Kudrowski's going to retake the points lead to the final moto until Larocco gets a flat, and Cooper overcomes Kudrowski by one point. Is that it? We got it? Yeah, I think so. I think we got it. And I also, if we were doing review pods around that time, can you imagine – Screaming and yelling about Kurdowski's now he's got the good motor. Now he's got the good motor. If that gets out, uh, I, I didn't hear about it certainly at the time. It, it definitely got out eventually. I remember in the media. I wasn't in the industry at the time. And I remember hearing about it. I don't know. Do we know this in the races? That would be that would be huge. I feel like we're going around and we're talking to Kurdowski and he's telling us off the record. Yeah, probably. And then we are flipping out yes. over he lost the title by one point because you couldn't give him the good motor until right. round <laughs> And he was the defending champion, and you fired his mechanic. Yeah. 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 Uh, All right. Here's Mike Kurdowski talking about that 1990 season and uh, 1990 Unadilla and more on the Liat Reraceables. 
All right, doing a repeat guest here on the Lee at Re-Raceables, but we had to because uh, it is so similar to the first one, Unadilla 1990 uh, on the Lee at Re-Raceables. It's Mike Krodowski. Mike, thanks for doing this again. Appreciate it. Uh, we did the 89 a few weeks back, and uh, appreciate you catching up with us on, on the 90 one. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Now, okay, so you're the defending champion, and going into this race, you're, you're riding for Honda. Uh, now, you, you have four national championships, so you know, you're already on the pantheon of, of all-time motocross guys. Very easily could have had a fifth here, Mike. It's, 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 honestly, it's, it's easy to look back at Team Suzuki, and we all love Guy Cooper. There's no doubt you know, he's a fan favorite. But Team Suzuki putting uh, Mike LaRocco and Larry Ward down into this class. And at this race, LaRocco moves over on you on the start. Uh, Jeremy Buell said that, you know, he fought everything he could until you got by. He said he made your life pretty miserable. Uh, LaRocco and Ward went on the record numerous times saying they pulled over for Guy um, during during the second half of the season. All of this... You go into this race with one point, you lose. Props to Guy Cooper, but do you, are you a little bitter about this one, Mike? Because it, it does seem like you could be a five-time national champion. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a bummer because uh, you know I, I was when when the championship was going on, it was it was kind of more Cooper and Bale, and I was like the third third place guy. Um, I had some bad races, this and that. My bike wasn't wasn't running as good as I wanted it to, and and we were always fighting it and stuff, and trying to figure out what's going on. And um, and then you know I remember the the last race, Unadilla, the last moto. I come around with uh, to my mechanics area with like two laps to go. And he puts on there, and Ron Wood was my mechanic at the time. He goes, you're the champ. And then I come around by the start start first turn, and they give me the white flag, and I come around by the mechanics area because it was like a half lap later, and he, he puts uh, the F word on it with it. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, I'm like looking at it going, what? You know, like, what does that mean? And then come to find out when I cross the finish line, they're like, oh, yeah, you lost by one point. And it's like, really? You know, that's when it all hit me. And it was like, gosh, dang, what a sleepless night that night, you know? Yeah. I, um, yeah I, Sunday night, and it's like, wow, really? Like, guys pulled over and this and that. But but then, you know, people let Brock by so I mean, well, what do you what do you do? I mean, if if I was on a team and one of my teammates could win, I would have to kind of let him go by or whatever to get get him to get the points. I'm a team player, so I mean, it is what it is. You swallow it and you move on. I, I guess if you, you can do. if you have four titles, it makes it a little easier, right? Like you won, you know. Well, you know. now, yeah, now yeah, yeah. per se. <laughs> I mean, if I was an Eric Kehoe, yeah, I'd be like pissed off. Yeah, you know. Well, Eric's probably lost him by a couple points. Him and George over the years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, well, as as Weege and I were talking earlier, like Marvin Muskan pulled over for Dunge, you know, four years ago or what? I mean, longer than that. I don't even know when. Um, and you know, people are still bringing it up to Marvin. It is still the biggest yeah. deal ever. It still, you know, causes people to not like Marvin Muskan. He was simply helping out a team 
Um, and, and this happened regularly all in the second half of the Nationals. Larry Ward and Mike LaRocca would magically get beat by Guy Cooper. Uh, at, you know, they weren't racing for points. They rode 250s for the first half of the year, for people who don't remember. And then so they weren't in this championship at all. And, uh, and you know, it kind of gets lost in time because there's no Internet, there's no social media. But, yeah, you know, this Suzuki game plan, this thing, and props to him. Um, you know, that's what you yeah. do when you got a team, I guess. Yeah, and it's, you know, it, it kind of, it's the same like that in every sport. I mean, NASCAR or IndyCar, you know, all that. I mean, it can play, if it if it plays out that way, sometimes it doesn't, and there's, there's nothing you can do. But that's, I mean, you have teammates for a reason, not that we're, like total teammates, but you're on the same brand. You're representing that brand to win a championship, right? And it benefits everybody yeah. on the team to yeah. keep a budget together, to keep us all employed and jobs and mechanics and all that. So that's true. That being said, though, uh, you happen to be teammates with Bale, who this is hilarious. I'm reading our, the previous show we did with you was '89 Unadilla. He raced 500 nationals. He didn't race the whole season. He came over from Europe. For some reason, his quote is like, I'm not here to help Stanton or Johnson or any of my teammates. I'm here to win. And then he, he got more famous. I mean, you were around for that 92 L.A. Supercross. You were in that one. And same thing. Yeah. I'm not helping my teammates. Um, how did you and JMB get along? Because he was pretty notorious for racing his teammates harder than anybody else. Uh, yeah, me and him got along zero. <laughs> That's what I think. Well, <laughs> How's that? Well, remember, this is the year... This is the year he comes back um, to Buds, wasn't it? Is this the uh, – no, maybe not. He, oh, and they wouldn't let him race. They wouldn't let him race. Was it, wasn't it? Was it 90 or was it Stanton? No, it was a Stanton it year. Sorry. No, it, it was – Yeah, that was probably Stanton, was it? No, I thought he came back. He broke his arm or something, right? Yeah, bro- yeah that was, that was yeah. 1990 when he broke his arm because he was riding yeah. a Honda and he was doing uh, – 250 Supercross and 125 National. Right. No, so this so is the 90, year. They, yeah. They, yeah, so in 90, this, as the story goes, is this from JMB himself? Where did we hear this one? Uh, from Dave. From Dave Arnold. From yeah. Dave Arnold. I guess he healed up at one point, and he wants to come back, and they're like, that's cool, but you might have to help Mike. And he's like, well, I'm just not racing it. Yeah, I think that was the case. Yeah, and yeah. so Dave <laughs> yeah, So Dave right. says, you have to help Mike. He says, no, I will not do it. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Dave said, well, I can't let you race. And Bale said to him, according to Dave, will I still get paid? And Dave said, yes. And he goes, then I will not race. And that was it. Yeah. That, that was it. He yeah. just didn't race. Insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's back up a little bit before we go to Unadilla here. Uh, um, you're the defending champion uh, in 90, you know, 762 to number one, as we talked about. And they put yeah. Bale in the class. Were you a little disrespected or did you, did you feel a little disrespected? Did, were you fine with that? Were you... Almost like, hey, guys, like, you know, like Bale won 500 Nationals the year before. He can obviously ride big bikes really good. He can ride anything good. Uh, did you yeah. take it as a, as a bit of a, uh, of a slight? Um, I did a little bit, and uh, I think it all was Roger DeCoster. You know, Roger got him over here, and then it was, it was all Bale with him and Roger. <laughs> right, right, you know? yeah, uh, yeah. And so Roger had, you know, the, the Japanese at Honda and this and that, and Dave was following suit with it. And Bale, you know, was winning at first, you know. I mean, he was doing good. He was doing his job. And so they were both on the bandwagon with Bale. And then when he crashed at Unadilla and broke his arm, then it was like, oh, 
you know, shit. And then all of a sudden, my bike starts running really well because they give me a bunch of parts. Yeah, you, you talked and, about this in the 89 race. You go, that's yeah. crazy. And so right there is like, man, you guys are a bunch of freaking, like, hypocrites, you know, and stuff. So that was a hard, you know, pill to swallow, and um, I wasn't real happy about it. And I, I, I probably bet you Dave Arnold wasn't real help, ha- happy about it either, the way it played out. Did it contribute um, to you leaving Honda at the oh, end of the year? absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely. All right. I didn't know how that went. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you were just yeah. like, screw this guy. Screw these guys. Pretty much yep. at that point. Right. You know? And, I mean, it would have been great if I would have won a championship. Would I have stayed at Honda? Probably not. Right. You know? <laughs> or would they have kept me? Probably not. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, um, it's it's uh, so. it's just nuts. And Bentley hates Cliff, and Cliff hates Lunas, and Lunas hates both. Yeah. The mechanic, poor Juan Ruud, caught in the middle, you know, just a nice guy and younger well, at this point. But all the mechanics don't like each other either at this point. It, it's crazy. Well, I think I think Bale and Roger started that. That was the whole thing right there. It was fine beforehand. Right, right. But then when, yeah. when JMB came over, it threw a whole wrench in everything. So... Um, yeah, so I, I mentioned on the show those parts. He was getting stuff from Japan, different different stuff. Oh, oh yeah, he had HRC stuff that I I should be getting. I'm the number one guy, but yeah, I wasn't getting none of that place. stuff. And and so wow. it was it was backdoor. They were testing on their own. Yeah, and, didn't know nothing about it. And, and when it, when I was racing that year, um, we were at Sacramento National, and my bike blew up. The motor completely grenaded. And my mechanic didn't have a spare motor in the box van, but Cliff White had a spare motor, and and Cliff White wouldn't give it to us to run the race in because he knew if I got that motor on my bike, I'd be like, holy cow. (laughs) Yeah. Just, (laughs) yeah. So Cliff White wouldn't give it up, and and Honda didn't make him give it up. Dave Arnold didn't. Roger didn't say, no, you got to give it to him. So I think we borrowed a motor from some other Honda support guy. Wow, uh, Mitch let us use one, uh, something, yeah. and I borrowed another motor and put it together and, and raced with it. Just insane yeah. to, you, th- insane to think about champ. this. Yeah, you're the national champion. First of all, Ron should have had a spare motor. Let's, 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 let's cover oh. that right away. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I was pissed at him. Yeah, like, yeah. are you stupid? Right. Like, I mean, you're a freaking mechanic. And he was like, well, they, they just wouldn't give me nothing. <laughs> And I'm like, well, do you even have handlebars in this freaking box van? <laughs> or a clutch lever? Um, you know? Or, right. or a spare wheel? But Like, yeah. He, he was, I mean, I like Ron and no. all that, but was he on my side? Yeah. I think he was doing what Honda was telling him to do. Oh, and that's man. the reason in 89, they, they got rid of my mechanic, Shane, because they wanted Ron Wood there so they can control Ron Wood. Because I know damn well Shane would have said no. You know, Mike's my rider. We need these parts. I know you got factory parts and this and that, and he wants, you know, we need them. Just an insane so thing. Shane, Shane would have fought. Insane to look back at as a national champion. I mean, I've been on a bunch of teams, and Weege knows the sport. It's just, it's insane that that stuff happened back then. Like, just, uh, I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, at Yamaha, we tested, we would test something, and if it was good, Nobody got it until we had three of them for all three guys. Yeah, they literally would be like, "Hey, do you like this set of cams, or you like this cylinder head? All right, I'm gonna make three of them, Oliver or the cam guy or whatever, right? And then we yeah. go riding. Yeah. But yeah, yes. So 
Yeah. Uh, but also, Dave yeah. said, too, that Cliff Cliff would go in and do his own stuff. Cliff, very smart guy. Um, so yeah. Dave, Dave was saying, like, it was a, it was different stuff than Mike had, but it was also Cliff Cliff White going in and doing his own stuff. Uh, but all of it, yeah, it's you got number one yeah. on your bike, and this is how you're kind of being treated, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, now, so okay. Now, just to, then, when I went to Kawasaki, Kawasaki was looking for a 125 guy to win the 125 championship because Wardy had won it before in the past, and they wanted to do a big push and win the 125 championship. And that's they basically hired me for that to do that. They said we are hiring you to do this, and I said, hey, as long as you'll build the bike to what I like. I will win the championship, and they said, "Oh, we will." Yeah, and that's what they did. They built that bike so I would win a championship. And, and of you course, know? and you did. You had a twenty-eight point lead going to the Unadilla the next year, and got it yes. done. Now, do you remember the cycle news said Larocco came over on you in the first start? Uh, you were buried about fifteenth off the start. Do you remember any of that in ninety at Unadilla? I do. I think I do a little bit. Yeah. 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 And then you got up to third, second moto. You took off. With the win and Larocco lets Cooper by late, yeah. Uh, uh, but and then Buell Buell fights you as well in the first moto. So, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of obstacles at that final round for you. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was very tense. I'm glad I had a lead. I did too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm talking probably in '91, '91, yeah, in '90, yeah, it was just a battle, and it was however it was going to play out. But but it doesn't. Sound- I, I thought, I really thought, like two laps to go. I go, oh man, I got this, you know. And then yep. that all happened. I was like, wow, what a bummer, you know. It doesn't sound like yeah. you're that upset about the guys though moving over for Coop and stuff. Like it it, it doesn't like you yeah. like yeah. It is what it is. What you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably now I'd probably go kick their asses, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think I was more disappointed back in that time, you know, but I kind of looked at it this way. If I would have had the bike that I had had at the last four rounds, if I would have had it all year, I wouldn't even been dealing with this. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like I have to look at it that way. I, I've been shafted three quarters of the year just to try to survive and, and make chicken soup out of chicken shit. So, um, <laughs> yeah, because you're saying you know, it wasn't I, just that your bike got faster. Your bike wasn't even running right. It wasn't just that it wasn't the oh, best. It was, oh, you were yeah, it would, yeah, it would pop and sputter on top end. And, you know, it was always maybe it was the jetting. I think the frickin' the cylinder was mismatched so bad with the cases and the ports that it was stupid. You know, it, it was just, it was horrible. It was freaking horrible. Oh, my God. So and, that 91 title when you go to Cowie, that, that was like a revenge. Like, they said they'd give you the bike oh, and you ab- got your job done. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Jim Felt was 100% working on my motors. He freaking did everything he could. The suspension was top-notch. Um, I mean, they they did everything they could. And if something... If I broke uh, the front brake lever by the, you know, something, they would reinforce that. If the brake pedal, they would reinforce. I mean, Japan was on board. Everybody was on board for that whole program. So, yeah. That's, yeah. 
it's got to be good to get that when that's what you were that's what you were wishing for, right? Like you wanted someone to say you're our guy. Yeah. Oh yes, that's cool. Yes, absolutely. And, and I knew Cal- Kawasaki was capable of it. Uh, and ninety-one, wow. watching the highlights of ninety-one, like we said, you go into the race with a twenty-eight point lead. Cooper still bonsai's you on the outside and takes you both down. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right at the tree, right yeah. at the tree turn, right? Yeah, yeah, right at the tree turn. You, you get by yeah. him, and you got half a bike length on him coming into the inside, and then the next shot is just both of you just, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. Who, who can get up faster? Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. right. I, I might have been yelling at him at the time we were picking up our bikes. I'm but sure. I forget what I said. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. I, I remember that year in, in 91, <clears throat> uh, Callie was doing pretty much all my bikes, and it was, you know, KMC stuff on it. And Mitch, I think, had gave us some pipes to try. I might have been running a pro circuit pipe and silencer and stuff. And we were at Bud's Creek, and Mitch rolls up, and I'm watching, like, the 250 practice. And Mitch is all – and Mitch had the pro, the pro circuit peak team at the time. Mm-hmm with Honda and everything. He goes, do you know you're on the slowest bike out there? And I, I looked over at him and I'm like, you know what? But I love it. And he didn't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, really? Like, yeah. And it was like, yeah, but I love it. I love the way it runs. It runs great. You know, <laughs> so it was kind of funny. You know, little things you Throughout your career, you run about and talk about nobody knows. Did you did you get along with Cooper in '90 here uh, for this battle going in the Unadilla one point up? Like he's sort of the he's the fans' favorite, right? He he had a long road as a privateer. His wife at the time is pitboarding him. It's a real feel good yeah. story. Uh, did you did you like Guy Cooper? Did you get along with him? You know what? How can you not like Guy Cooper? Right. I mean, he's a great guy. He's in the, He was a he was a racer of all racers. Um, we did have our run-ins during the years and stuff, and gotten fights. And he took me out, and I took him out, and he probably got the better of me always. <laughs> but um, but he was the kind of guy. Either he would come over and talk to you, you know. He he would come on and go, hey man, we got to stop doing this. Or, okay, yeah. You know, one of us is going to get hurt or something. It'd be like, you know what, you're right. You know, <laughs> hey, I'll race you clean. You know, or or if I did get into him or he got into me, it would be like, hey man, you know, I didn't mean to, man. I just slid in the turn. I had to keep on the gas, and you know, it's like, okay, you know, so. Uh, but we battled hard. He was a great guy. It did seem like a lot of talking to a lot of racers from that era. A lot of his mistakes were just, you know, from him going for it and not any, like, malice towards other riders. He was sketchy, but it was he was sketchy to himself and everybody around him. But right? yeah, 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 right. Exactly. Like, you know, if he came over you in the air and hit you or something, it was like, well, he came off the jump all sideways. <laughs> right, I mean, what's right. he supposed to do? You know, yeah. his feet were up by the rear fender and he was hanging <laughs> off the back and it was like, you know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, uh, good. Um, hey, I always I always say this about you, and we've we've talked about this before, Mike. Um, you you're you're one of the most underrated, I feel, by the fans, riders ever, and you never really sought out the spotlight. I remember, I don't know if you remember this. I remember seeing you in Anaheim, like, dude, it's probably like ten years ago, 
like toward the tunnel. I'm like, oh, do you miss being part of opening ceremonies like this? And you're like, no, no, I don't miss it. Yeah, a lot of guys at your level, that's what they miss. They miss being important and signing autographs. People wanting to talk yeah. to them all the time, and it never seemed like that interested you that much. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it when I was racing, you know, as part of uh, what you kind of had to do, you know, or whatever, and be respectful to the fans that pay to come watch us and stuff. But um, I think once I was, you know, done racing and stuff, and, and I mean, still today, I'll be around certain places. You know, I'm in the construction industry and stuff, and a lot of guys that, or in construction or whatever, they race or they ride or desert ride, you know, whatever. And, and I'll work with them for like a month or something. And then they'll, they'll like, go like, Hey, are you Mike Kudrowski? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And they're like, no way. Like I've been here working with you this whole time. And you know, I didn't even know that. And, you know, or they pull up behind me or something and see my license plate. Cause I do have MX kit on my truck. Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird. And then I'll, I'll be at a home depot or something and somebody will come around the corner and like, Hey Mike, you know, I'll turn around and they're like, Oh, I used to follow your career. Hey, this is my son, you know? And this kid just look at me like, well, you're not Pastrana or you're not, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And so the dad knows me that nobody else, you know, the kids are, you know, I still get recognized here or there, even at Anaheim's and stuff, which, you know, it's great. I like that. And I like doing the podcast like this or, you know, recently there was another show I did, the Whiskey Thrall show and stuff. And so once in a while, it's fun to do this stuff. You, you get out of the uh, you get out of the uh, the construction business into like your old life, right? A little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You, and I, I like construction. It consumes a lot of my time, and uh, you, you know, it's it's kind of like racing too. You start from the ground, you're building something, and then. You know, it's going, and then at the end, here you go. You got a three-story big industrial building that you built and the property around it and all the paving all the concrete work, you know. Right. You know, so, uh, years ago. my trophy. Years ago, Wygant, who, who runs the Racer X uh, website, he let me do a Mike Krodowski day. I did, like, three or four stories on you. I think we did a podcast as well because I was pointing out, like, he lost this title by one. He lost this one. You know, we broke his hand when he was leading or whatever it was. I was like. This is how close Mike Krodowski was to being like a seven-time champ. I don't know what yeah. exactly it was, but I did a whole thing, a whole a whole day where I posted articles yeah. about your career. So yeah. yeah, I think I remember talking to you about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just like, yeah. hey, everybody, yeah. pay attention here. You know. So yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's been but good. I respect that you I've, you don't go out of your way to point this out. Like you're you you got what you got, and you're not every day trying to tell the world um, how amazing you were. You're just taking it all, taking it all in stride. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I had a great time doing it, you know. I mean, That's, and yep. I love the people in the sport and all about the sport. I still, I watch it every week. I'm into it, you know. Um So, yeah, it's it's great. It's um, been good. And, and that, that's what made the Ferrari ad so out of character, where you put your Ferrari in the answer ad. And it was like, Mike, yeah. Mike Cardoso's got a Ferrari? Uh, who knew? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you worked I hard for that I Ferrari. I had it. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that'd sell for a lot now, right? Well, probably, but it'd be just kind of cool to have it. It'd probably look really old now. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. Well, <laughs> show up uh, the construction site with that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Unadilla90 
Uh, I was really hoping to get more anger from you, Kardowski, but of course not because you're just a nice laid-back dude. You really got kind of screwed out of this title. Uh, uh, guy, and again, Guy Cooper is an all-timer. He's a great guy. I'm not trying to shit on his title, but there was no doubt that the Suzuki stacked the class and, and they helped Guy Cooper win this thing. And you had your own team going against you at times. <laughs> and you yeah. still lost by one. Uh, you know, but yeah. uh, hey, it is what it is. Um, but you know, thanks for the time, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, anytime. It was fun. Lee at Re-Raceables, 1990 Unadilla with Mike Krodowski. Uh Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. Okay. Thanks, guys. Good talking to you. Yep. Thanks, Mike. Good stuff. Thanks to Mike. And, and yeah, uh, angry, angry at Mike. Honda. <laughs> angry Mike. Angry Mike. For angry sure, Mike. right? And I didn't realize, like, just thinking about it, you know, I just figured Cowie threw a big check at him and he went to Kawasaki for 91, right? That's just kind of how things work, right? But oh, no. No, he was out of there. Just you couldn't stand it. So Yeah, it was like I'm out. I'm leaving to get revenge and beat you guys um, the next year. And interesting also that uh, that um, the if he had stayed, then Honda, Honda didn't even have a factory team. And they switched all to Pro Circuit, didn't they? Yeah. Yep. Wow. So yep. that would have been very odd. So I wonder if Honda was even interested in bringing him back. I mean, he wasn't coming back anyway. Yeah. Maybe he would but, have moved. Uh, maybe he would have moved up because he did. He was riding two fifty Supercross in ninety. Right. There you go. There you go. This is. Uh, this is. Oh, by the way. Yeah. This is the champion wins in eighty nine. Mike Rudowski, Supercross, and just goes to the big bike the next year. Everybody just wanted to get to the big bike class. They didn't take dives. They didn't sit there. They didn't just accumulate wins and tons of money by sitting in a class that has half the competition in it. And you're on a factory bike. You have a better bike than 75% of the other racers. Oh, no. Back then, you wanted to get the hell out of that class. You were probably, Kudrowski and Bradshaw were probably embarrassed. Embarrassed to be in that class. There's no more embarrassment. It's just, let's just keep checks. And again, the best thing you can do in 2022 is get hurt and not win the title. That is the best thing to do as a factory 250 Supercross rider. You can continue on that gravy train by pulling a hammy, pulling a groin, winning some races, and then just going back at it next year. That's how you do it in our sport now. That's how, that's how it is. Yeah, we did, before we did this particular show, the Lee at Re-Raceables podcast, we did one time a podcast just reviewing the fantastic 1990 250 Supercross season which I think is the best end-to-end season. And half of the reason that year is so good is because Bradshaw, Kodrowski, LaRocco, Matasevich, probably a couple others, all moved into the class as rookies at the same time. We're, like, just flooding the class Mm -hmm. with all this talent. Yeah. Uh, And then you still, you know, and then they're still racing against Ward and O'Mara and Johnson and Stanton and the previous regime because they just moved up. Uh, they just, I mean, Bradshaw raced 125 Supercross one freaking year, and then next year it's like, okay, it's time to win the 250 Premier Class yeah. title. Yeah, it's just so different. Uh, just so different. How, how's it going for Justin Cooper right now? I mean, J-Mart. J-Mart's had the greatest thing he can possibly do. Oh. Just just, just get <laughs> yeah. hurt, come close, win some races, be a guy, you know, uh, and get hurt, which is, I mean, I'm not doubting, I'm not saying the, the injuries weren't legit there. Of course they were. But that's just... A perfect way to stay on the gravy train and make yeah, a and ton I'm of money. Like Justin Cooper made the mistake of winning the title. Yeah. And now yep. 
He's like in scrambling yeah. shambles to try to figure out what he's going to do next year. I yep. mean, I guess he's going to be on star to some degree. Yeah, don't win the championship. Do not win the championship. That's the no. worst thing you can do. Just come no. close, though. Just come close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> okay, so all right. Kudrowski, so back to this. Okay, your goal when you contacted Kudrowski for these two episodes, 89 and 90, your theme was Suzuki having guys pulling over, and Kudrowski's probably pissed about that. But isn't it telling that he didn't really have an issue with that? He no. just felt like that's what teams do. <laughs> yeah. Then we, yep, yep, no problem with that. But then when we broached the subject of Jean Michel Bale, his own teammate, Angry Kide came out. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? Uh, uh, yep, no, not 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 nearly as angry about the, the Suzuki guys pulling over and no. all of that. No, no, it's fine. No, yep. no, no. He and Bale didn't get along. If I remember, actually, in Supercross this year, they had a couple of races in the 250 class where they came together and went down, so they're probably pissed at each other from that. Bale, uh, safe to say, kind of famously didn't really get along with whatever the teammate was. <laughs> like, no. Kind of, no. anyway, so that doesn't help. Uh, he, Kudrowski's probably mad that he's in this class, and then he finds out he's getting the parts. So uh, that's where all the contempt was. And I did find out, as a follow-up, since we talked to Kudrowski, yeah, this so is he good. told the this story. Is a good story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he tells the story at Hangtown, right, where his motor blew up and they didn't have a replacement and they could not give him Bale's motor. Which is crazy, uh, by the way, like I said in the, in the interview. Uh, insane they oh, had no replacement, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he should have had a backup motor of his own in the first place. Uh, but the fact that they wouldn't take Bale's motor is quite telling. So uh, Jim Perry, who we had on the show on the Matt Gerke episode, he works at MX Sports now, but he was with Pro Circuit for the longest time. So I asked him about this, and he was with Pro Circuit back then. And he said they had to take a CR125 engine out of Bones, the suspension guy, the famous Jim Bones Bacon. He luckily had his CR125 around. So they just took his motor and put it in the defending national champs bike for the day. I feel like we should text Kudowski after this and let him know that we found where that motor came from. We found that motor. It came from Bones. It, it was Bones's, Bones's amateur bike. Yeah, Just, just personal. Uh, I'm going to go do some laps today. <laughs> his own person. Now look, it's Bones. He's Mitch's right hand man forever. I'm sure his bike was really good, but come on, man. Yeah, no, it's it's unbelievable. Guys in the middle of a of a chase, right? Uh, and yeah. then also, as we talked about it with the interview with Kardowski, how about Bale showing up at Buds and just I'm not going to help Kardowski, and okay, I'm done. I'm not racing, and, and that's it. And just mind blown at if this happens in 2022, you know. Yeah, unbelievable. Yes, there are many interviews with Bale out there from this time where he's asked about things like this. Certainly, most famously, the 92 LA Coliseum, which look it up. We did a Lee Erasables with that one, where, uh, you know, he constantly asks, like, oh, you're going to help your teammates. And he's, I mean, he shuns that concept more than anyone ever. <laughs> it's, yep. it's just insane. Yeah, Fro, we did that race with Fro, and Fro was talking about riding behind him. Just like, what are you doing, dude? What are you, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to get Bradshaw going to help yep. beat his teammate. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. absolutely nuts. Uh, but yeah, what a what a crazy time um, back in the sport and Honda and all of that. It's great to hear the old stories from those guys. Uh, thanks to the folks at Guts Racing. Pulp 2022 is a code to save with Guts. Guts Racing, great seat covers uh, and uh, absolutely uh, fantastic foam as well. they got the Phantom Lightweight Seat Foam. They've got vintage stuff too. I know if you're listening to this, maybe you are you got a vintage bike or two. I've built 
four of them, and I've used Guts for all of them, uh, covers and foam. They know what they're doing with the older stuff as well. So please check out Guts Racing, Pulp 2022 to save with Guts Racing. And a lot of teams uh, use Guts out in the pits and, of course, privateers like Chiz and, and everybody else using Guts Racing. So thank you to the Guts, Pro Taper, Maxis, Scott, and the folks at Liat as well. Uh, time for categories, Weege? Let's do it. All right. Unadilla, 1990, uh, re-raceables categories. Uh, let's go. Uh, who really won the race here? Who really won the race? And uh, I got to go Guy Cooper because he won the championship off this race. Yeah, I'm with you because that had been a, just a lifelong quest. It, his his roots as a privateer were nuts. Well, they always say that he pitted in a Honda Civic, drove to the races in a Honda Civic, I yep, believe. Yep, yep. The dirt bike in the back. Yep. Uh, him and his wife. Uh, or maybe he was on a trailer. I don't know. But to go from that and then to get dropped from Team Honda, look, it, <laughs> the, the 80s are just filled with guys on Suzuki's are hopeless against CR125. <laughs> well, um, everybody's hopeless against CR125. Everyone yeah, is, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But uh, especially these poor Suzuki guys, you know, Holland or Kehoe, uh, it goes, the list goes on. How Cooper pulled this off. Yes, he did cough up a 65 point lead, <laughs> but. He won the title on an RM125 if, when it was just practically impossible to do. If Guy Cooper's going to win a championship, coughing up a 65-point lead and then winning it is is on brand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very the Guy Cooper. Right. It's very yes. Guy Cooper-ish, for sure. Yeah. I only wish – the only video you can find of this race is like some dude's home movies, mm -hmm. and you just see Cooper come across the line and do like a fist bump. But can you imagine the atmosphere? I mean, Unadilla – Probably not quite peak gnarly by 90, but darn close. Maybe 90% of peak gnarly Unadilla. And then Guy Cooper winning the title. I can't imagine how nuts it must have gotten after that race. You know, you could make a case who really won this race. You could make a case just Mike LaRocco with those finishes after dropping down. Like, you yep. can make a case of, like, LaRocco's like, dude, I got, you know, this would have been my title. Like, I'm this good. I'm good. You know, all of this stuff. You could maybe make a case that. You know, it, yeah, Mike LaRocco well, could be, uh, yeah. Yeah, he could. Yes, that's right. I forgot. LaRocco also moved into the 250 Supercross class that year. So make that five rookies. Because they're moving up so early, it's really hard to know how good they are. Because then to win, you have to be, you know, Jeff Stanton as a rookie. Uh, but he was really showing outdoors how good he was. Um, as a side note, I could maybe even say who really won this. Uh, different class, same day. The 500 National is won by Rick Johnson. It is his last national he'll ever race, and he wins it. So I don't know if I could pick someone from a different class, but shout out, RJ. He won his last national he ever raced. Yeah, if you're an RJ fan, which we both were, we had glimpses of him coming back to his old self, Unadilla yep. 89, this race at 90 where you're like, oh, it's still there, it's still there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it's, yep. it's, just, it's just there. Uh, quote from Mike Krodowski after the race where LaRocco moves over on him. Uh, and, and, you know, causes him to fight th through the pack. And Honda screws him over, and he loses a heartbreak at the final round. I've, uh, that's the way it goes, the way racing is, said Kurdowski as he reflected on his loss. I had fun the whole series. He deserved it. What? <laughs> what? Oh, that's great. That's great. I, I had fun. He deserved it. The whole series, he had fun. It sure sounded that way on the phone. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. When he's at double pissed at Hangtown, first I got to yell at the mechanic for not building a backup motor, and I'm done and yell at you. <laughs> now I got to go yell at DeCosta and Arnold for not giving me Bale's motor. I'm pissed at both of you. 
No, it says uh, here I had fun the whole series. It said that. The whole series? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's just amazing. It's It's just so yep. good. It's just, yeah, if you're a fan of old racing, you look back at this stuff and you're just like, oh, wow. You know, like what, what to be there back in the day, right? Like just to I be know, there back I know in the these day. stories that did not get told. Well, that's the point of the Leah Erasables. That's why we're here. Okay. Uh, who's that guy award for uh, Unadilla 90? Lots of choices. Um, in either class, either class, right? Sure, we can. 19th, Barry Karsten um, in 125s. Uh, he well, was, known. Well, well known. Well known. Well known. Uh, Carlo Cohen still. Busting out a good moto uh, finishes there. I'm going to go Paul Hilario, 22nd overall in a 125 class. Paul Hilario, he got 19th in Moto2, last moto of the year. Shout out Paul Hilario for me being Who's That Guy Award. Yeah, well, uh, fellow NESC competitor, 21st overall, David Antonucci, also from Connecticut, like Paul Hilario. I'll just pick him as Who's That Guy. I know, but I think I know. I've heard, I've seen that name before. Yeah. Oh, you've heard of Antonucci. Yeah, yeah I've heard of Antonucci. Okay. Maybe you know Seth Rarick will jump on and uh, berate us via text about not knowing these people. But yeah, so our guy Seth, uh, you can tell when he's listening to an episode because then the I can't believe you didn't remember this guy text just start flooding, <laughs> just raining down. Right, right. His Seth's knowledge, uh, the personal knowledge, like he's ridden. Seth has ridden and trained during the week with every rider who's ever raced a national. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yes. I think so. Yeah, I used to ride with this guy here. I used to ride with this guy yeah. there. I yeah. used to train with this guy. Every rider who's ever raced. Yeah. Shout out Seth. Uh, Lit Kid Award. Uh, honestly, this one may come as a shock. Well, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, let me tell you. I, mine, mine's going to be a bit off the off the off the record here. Uh, I, I'm not going to be a front runner here. Uh, I'm not picking him just because he won the title. I'll even say that I believe Larocco wore the same. Uh, MSR was actually decent, I feel, back then, and they had holy, a really good thing going. Holy shit, that's what I was going to pick. Cooper's stuff looked good back then. Yes, and LaRocco's yellow yellow high point. Uh, yep. No, sorry, LaRocco was in high point. Oh, was he uh, MSR the next year? Yes. Okay. So I'll go high point for LaRocco because bright yellow. High point gear. Yeah, bright yellow stuff, blue on the back. Ty Davis wore it, too. Uh, yeah. Kind of liked it. Kind of liked LaRocco's stuff this year. Cooper this day is running blue mm-hmm. uh, with, with some pink trim on the pants. Um, MSR had its ups and downs, but I really feel it was good in this era. And also, the crazy-looking gear with the pink matched. Uh, everyone remembers the insane graphics that Suzuki debuted for 1991. Yeah. But the Nationals went to October back then. So they just started putting the next year's graphics on the race bikes. So Cooper's on the insane-looking 91 graphics, uh, even though this is the last round of 90. Um, so he's got the white shrouds and the pink and blue graphics on the shrouds, and the gear matches it. It works. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Looks good. I agree. Uh, I'm not. I yep. can't hate that. I mean, obviously the Fox stuff was pretty good. Kurdowski's. Uh, I hated Kurdowski's answer. Cowie stuff. Never really liked that. This stuff is yeah. good though. Honda stuff is good. Uh, I was never a fan of the answer, sort of pinstripe stuff and all that on on in '91, but uh, in '90 it is. Uh, Shit kid award. I don't know what we got besides. I saw a photo. So you know, Ant. Speaking of answer, answer used to make like bright pink stuff, right? You remember that? Yeah. Yep. White white lettering, bright pink. Uh, yep. Generally speaking, Mickey Diamond looked amazing 
But I saw a photo, and I don't even know if it's the light or the photo, or perhaps Mickey just washed his pants and they faded. But I saw a photo from this race of Mickey Diamond, and it just looks like it's washed out light pink. Doesn't look good. <laughs> and again, I don't know if he, uh, I don't know if he just washed it in colored, you know, and lost it all. Who knows? Yeah, I don't think they had gear guys back then. It's not impossible. No, no. not impossible. No. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, and I actually did find, I believe, a photo from this race, not just this season, but um, you know me, uh, I'm not a huge fan of JT Racing. Shout out, they did a good job of Glover in 88 Los Angeles. I'll give it that. But the JT stuff, when RJ went back to JT, it looked terrible, and I do see a picture of him from this day, and it looks terrible. Is that the cyborg? Yeah, it looks like he's got the, at least the cyborg pants, and then yeah. just a white jersey. Yeah. Um, the cyborg looks sucked, as far as I'm concerned. It did. It did. And I, I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm a JT guy. You know that. Um, yes. But the cyborg stuff was not good. And, and yeah. Our guy, Mike Sweeney, um, buddy of ours, took photos from this round at this race. He's got a bunch of photos. And RJ looks like garbage. You're right. He's got, yeah. It's not, it's not good. Oh, that must be what I'm seeing. That, that must be his photos that I'm seeing here. Yeah. Yeah. I had him so, on Pulp. If, you, if yeah. you see him on Pulp or whatever, I put a bunch of them up. Yep. But, that's it. Um, yeah. Not, not a good look. I'll go, I'll go with that. Uh, Lee at Reraceables, where's JT? Well, as we talked about in uh, Atlanta 89, he was doing cartwheels uh, on the side of the track when RJ went for the lead, I believe. And so 1990, he's one year older, so he's 9, 10, probably at this race with Cindy and Frank hanging out, running AMA sheets or something. Might be more reliable then. What do you mean? The, the results? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, It might have worked better right. when it was uh, JT <laughs> shuttling things back and forth for his mom. What we had this past weekend at Millville would not have happened under Cindy's watch. We all know that. that that's, no. That's it would have been some hand scoring. It would have, it would have been done. Uh, Jacob Marsak Award for the rider who does the best with uh, that you never really thought about. I'm going to jump to 500s, Weege. What do you got? Do you have somebody or do you want me to go? Um, I, I will go 125s. I, I did not know. Jeremy Buell. Uh, who is apparently doing everything he could to keep Kudrowski mm-hmm. behind him. Mm-hmm. He does get sixth overall. Top Fuel Buell. Buell. Won a yeah. super. Top Fuel Buell did almost win a 125 Supercross title and was very good in Arena Cross, but I did not think he got sixth in a national. So there you go. Shout out to my Jacob Marsak Award, Dean Matson. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dean Matson. he's still around. I, I know him a little bit. Uh, he's contacted me here and there. Uh, I've got some. You did a pod with him, didn't I you? I did a pod with him. Uh, yep. He was going to come out with a documentary on his life that I watched a rough cut of, and I got mm-hmm. inspired because he had a bunch of Van Halen in it. Um, Dean Matson, good rider. Uh, he went to Europe for a while. I think he was modeling slash racing. Uh, Dean Matson, sixth overall in 500s this day. Sixth overall, beating Mickey yeah. Diamond, beating John Dowd, beating Fred Andrews. You know, so yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Dean Matson, Jacob Marsak Award. I think that fits. Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, the 500 class back in those days, it, it's a little hard to score because, again, you're taking half the factory riders and they're out. Uh, but whatever, man. Dean Matson could tell everybody yeah. he got sixth at a national. This, Who's going to look that up? This was Tom Carson's yeah. time to shine right around this era. This was Tommy Carson's time to shine. Gene Numack's time to shine. You know, yep. all these guys. Yes. National number points just dropping. Yep, yep. And then 10th overall. Uh, just one of these NESC guys. They always race Southwick, and then they'll show up at Unadilla. John Dowd goes nineteen five from Chicopee, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm sure everyone was like, "Yeah, whatever." Just privateers raining in the five hundred class. 
Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever happened to John Dowd? Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Did I did I tell you that at Southwick we interviewed, of course, him and Doug Henry, mm-hmm. and Henry told the story that he watched the 125 National at Southwick in 1987, saw Mickey Diamond with the number one plate on his bike, and said, "Like, man, that's a cool look. I would I would love to, I would love to race one day. I'm gonna get a dirt bike." <laughs> and then six years later, he just is. The 125 national champ. Yeah, you did mention that on our review pod. It's great. It's fantastic. Freaking. And and I rec- highly recommend people also going back and checking out the Brian Berry podcast. Um, I did a while ago. Former factory mechanic, John Dowd's mechanic forever. The stories he tells about Dowdy starting out are unbelievable. <laughs> Somehow, John Dowd became an amazing rider. You would just it's it's you're just like what. You know, just a guy yeah. grabbing a 500 C class rider. Yeah. Yep. Just, yep. And then, uh, hey, I'll just try racing pro. And here he is getting 10th. Yeah. Like abs- three years into riding dirt bikes or something just, like that. It's just nuts. Absolutely. We did <laughs> and a, Henry the same. And we did a yeah. re raceables with Dowd and Henry. You know, not, not yep. great on details, but good stuff to listen to. Yes. They're just, they had the two most unique careers. And it's both of them like that. They both have the same uniqueness. Yeah. It's just so weird. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. right. Well, thanks to Mike Krodowski for joining us for two of these. Always good guy. As I said, so underrated. One of the best riders that nobody talks about. Uh, I'll go to my yep. grave saying that. Uh, and a really nice guy, except unless you don't give him good motors. Um, <laughs> but thanks to thanks to Lee at Reraceable, Scott Pro Taper, Max's guts. I think he has a valid point. By the way, I'm on. I'm Team Kudrowski on this ep- uh, when it comes to this i, I am 100 percent team kardowski but dude the the his engine blows and honda can't give him bale's motor because they're afraid he's gonna find out that his motor is slower but it's insane he does have fun all year <laughs> he does oh, say that my so, bad. Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> my bad uh thanks for listening everybody uh really appreciate it thanks to the sponsors of this one as well always fun to do uh thanks Wygant. yep see ya